Good morning. Welcome to this assembly. May I invite your attention to the Word of God? Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. In the adult Bible class, we begin a study of the Gospel of John this morning. Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights will be devoted to that for the next several weeks. We invite you to join us for this study of the fourth book in the New Testament, the Gospel of John. And on our website, you'll find brief audio podcasts corresponding to these studies. Micah 6 and verse 8. He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. One key word in that famous statement from the prophet is the word justice, and I want to deal with that. In modern dialogue, this word is used frequently. Most often in modern dialogue, the phrase we hear is social justice. I want to issue a word of caution, and you'll understand why as we get further into the study. When you hear this phrase, social justice, my word of caution is, don't sign up too quickly. Now, at first that may sound odd for a preacher to issue a caution about something so widely celebrated as social justice. Why, it just sounds right, social justice. Justice. Why would I recommend any hesitation? First, just wisdom. Before you endorse something, you need to know what it means to the person or group asking for your support. That's just wisdom. When someone says, are you in favor of social justice... I think it is good to ask what they mean before you agree. Behind the use of that slogan, there may be some baggage that you cannot help carry as a Christian. Words and phrases are sometimes hijacked. And the speaker, the writer, or the crusader may have something in mind that you cannot endorse and that you do not associate with justice. When someone invites you to join some cause that sails under the banner of social justice, it is good to find out what they mean, where are they going, what causes, what methods, what propaganda... Anybody can come up with a campaign, a cause, or an issue and put that label on it, social justice. In some cases, it may be social according to some definitions, but it may have nothing to do with justice 
as God defines it. Secondly, it is noteworthy for Christians that the Bible doesn't use the adjective. In the Bible, it is justice as God has defined it. When applied, there is a social dimension as defined by God, but it is fundamentally often not anything but political or economic. So we must guard against letting secular society redefine words that God gave us and God defined. Especially if those words have really clear biblical foundation and somebody hijacks that terminology, asks you to sign on to it, and when you sign on, you discover they're not talking about a Bible concept. You see that? As a Christian, what I want to endorse and participate in is justice as God has defined it. And so, when you hear that catchphrase so popular today, social justice, it's good to inquire further and don't feel obligated to quickly get on board. Be clear in your mind about what the Bible says about justice, how it's applied and commit to what Micah said to do justice. Clarity about that is my challenge today in this sermon. And here's my starting place. Every principle we accept, we must derive from God. If as a Christian I'm going to speak of justice or take up some practice that is called justice, I need to be certain that whatever I do about it and whatever I say about it, it's based on what God said about the subject. Every principle we accept, we derive from God. So, I don't let the world tell me what love is, I let God tell me and show me. I'm going to read 1 John 4, 7 and 8 in just a moment. I'm not going to listen to talk shows and media stars and popular buzz. Modern music lyrics will not be the basis of my idea and practice of love. When I speak of love and equip myself with that virtue, it must be based on who God is, what He has done, and what He has said on the subject. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God, Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Now, I'm going to take all that with me into whatever I believe and say and do about love. My use of the word love must engage what God has done and said about it. That's how I understand it. And the same is true of grace in 1 Peter 5 and verse 10. 
I'm not going to let denominational preachers and creeds and, and all the popular religious buzz create my definition of grace. 1 Peter 5.10 says that God is the God of all grace. Grace is God's idea. I'm going to let God define and demonstrate what grace is about, and I will determine to respond to His grace as directed by the apostles of Christ. So do you see that when we use the terminology of principles and virtues, we rely on God, not the world. So, on the subject of justice... I need to understand it from God. I need to understand it in relation to God. And for this kind of study, rather than cite a complicated definition from a theological dictionary, I'm going to say that God's justice is His love for righteousness combined with His hatred for evil. God's justice is his love for righteousness combined with his hatred for evil. Now for God, throughout history, providentially and eternally, that develops in various directions or is applied in ways divine and perfect. But as a starting place and to lead us to good understanding and involvement, this is a good working definition. God's justice is his love for righteousness combined with his hatred for evil. And so in Deuteronomy 32 and verse 4, God is described as solid as a rock. And it goes on to say of him, his work is perfect for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. In Genesis 18.25, shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? In Psalms 11 and verse 7, the Lord loves righteous deeds. In Proverbs 8 and verse 13, the Lord hates evil. It is simple. God defines what is right and wrong, and He cares about His standard. He loves righteousness and hates evil. And this is fundamental to our understanding of justice in the Bible, and therefore justice as we, His children, will embrace it. And God doesn't waver in this. He doesn't change his mind about what justice is. He isn't asking us for our opinion or waiting for us to vote or see if we stage a protest. God's justice is his love and care about what is right and wrong. That truth can be expressed in terms of God's love for what is right and his corresponding hatred for evil. And he expects his people to live and speak and respond in harmony with his 
justice. He has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. Here is what I need to say. Everything we do that we call justice must be in harmony with everything God has said about justice. Everything we do that we call justice must be in harmony with everything God has said about justice. Now, understanding what justice is about and thinking about Micah 6 and verse 8, these points can be made from Scripture. I am doing justice when I abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Romans 12 and verse 9, let love be genuine, abhor what is evil, hold fast to what is good. Love that is genuine abhors what is evil and holds fast to what is good. And this is based on what model of justice? God's. Just as God abhors what is evil, His children should abhor what is evil. Just as God loves and holds fast to what is good, His children should feel the same way. In its fullness, this may not be found in modern causes that claim social justice. In modern causes that claim social justice, there may be no God in His Word. And thus my caution when I started. See, Christians are not looking to modern causes to define social justice for us. We want to be just and do justice according to God's standard, and that means abhorring what is evil and holding fast to what is good. Putting this into practice will bring into your life two immediate benefits. One, it will be part of your personal defense against evil. When you hate evil, you'll see it coming. And you'll use God and His Word to defend yourself against it. Then there is the assurance that you are reacting as God expects you to react to both evil and good. You shun the one and you embrace the other. You're doing justice. I'm doing justice when I expose sin. Ephesians 5.11 says, Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Now this calls upon the Christian to not do one thing, but do the other. I am not to partake, have fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Instead of participating in those things, I am to speak out against the unfruitful works of darkness. So these two things go together. Don't participate in the unfruitful works of darkness. Speak against the unfruitful works of darkness. You're doing justice when you act that way. Now, there are people who do one but, but not the other. 
There are people who speak against sin while they participate in it. There are people who do not participate in sin, but they offer no objection to others. This says, don't participate. Instead, expose it. Speak out against the works of darkness. That's doing justice as God defines it. Don't be intimidated by censorship. Refuse to be silent when God is dishonored, when Christ is rejected, when the words of the Holy Spirit are ridiculed. Justice, in God's view, is abhorring evil, loving righteousness, and speaking clearly where God has spoken against the unfruitful works of darkness. On subjects like homosexuality and abortion, are you willing to tell people what God has said? Let me say, get this clearly. When we tell people what God has said about a matter, that isn't hate speech. If we are violent, insulting, and demeaning, and cross the line over into immaturity and malice and violence, that's another matter. But when we speak what God has spoken about these matters, when we expose the unfruitful works of darkness by repeating what God has said about the matter, that's good and just and holy. It's doing what Micah said, do justice. And I must add, I am doing justice when I treat people right. 1 Peter 2.17 says to honor everyone. Honor all men in the older translations. Similar to this in Romans 13.10, love does no wrong to a neighbor. Now, this doesn't interfere with the previous point. Exposing the unfruitful works of darkness doesn't mean we go after people in some violent way or that we make assumptions that encourage hate. In fact, love calls for plain spoken words to those lost in darkness. As Paul said in Ephesians 4.15, speaking the truth in love. We are charged by the Creator to speak the truth in love, but we're also charged in 1 Peter 2.17 and Romans 13.10 to treat people right. The prophets, the prophets of God who conveyed God's rebuke to His people in Old Testament times often specified their mistreatment of their fellow man, their injustice toward others. Christians are people who have this unique, unworldly capacity to speak out against sin, but without doing violence to the sinner, leaving the wrath of God to God. Justice means treating people right at the same time that we abhor what is evil. God has always asked His people to be respectful of others and generous to those who are especially vulnerable 
innocent victims, oppressed people, babies who were not given the breath of life outside their mothers. Biblical justice always means treating people right. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So I emphasize again, everything we do that we call justice must be in harmony with everything God has said about justice. And then, I am doing justice when I offer the gospel to all. This ties in with something I said last Sunday morning about the duty to spread the gospel message. The simple truth is the gospel is for all. When Peter was preaching in the home of a Gentile, he made this very clear. Even though Peter himself had a struggle getting there. When God showed him the way and Peter took the way and when Peter spoke God's word in the house of Cornelius, here's what he said, Acts 10.35, In every nation, anyone who will fear him and does what is right is acceptable to him. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Justice means we extend the gospel to all without prejudice, without any social or economic selectivity. I heard a preacher say one time, there's only one qualification to have the gospel preached to you. And that is that you're a sinner. Discrimination in preaching the gospel isn't just. It isn't right. God wants His message about His Son to reach all sinners. Practicing justice on our end means we are willing to be used as instruments in the hand of God to deliver the gospel to, Peter said, anyone. Justice is God's love for what is right and His hatred for what is wrong. Our practice of justice needs to match God's. So, we don't just sign on to any cause that uses the phrase social justice. We are concerned with the biblical concept of justice defined and revealed by God. I am doing justice when I abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. I am doing justice when I not only refuse to be a participant in sin, I speak out against it. I'm doing justice when I treat people right. And one way I treat people right is offering the gospel to all. Now remember, everything we do that we call justice must be in harmony with everything God has said about justice. We understand all of this, and I hope we'll act accordingly from day to day, knowing that final justice in the end 
will be in the hands of God. Do you remember this? The end of the matter. All has been heard. Fear God and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment with every secret thing, whether good or evil. We acknowledge God's justice as revealed in Scripture. In our attitudes, actions, our speech, we are to reflect the biblical concept of justice, knowing that in the end, God will do what is right. Justice will prevail throughout eternity. And in that final scene before the judge of all the earth and Jesus the King, no special favors to one over another. No slipping in the side door. No pleading that you always plan to be baptized, but you just put it off. No claims of merit. If you fed all the poor and visited all the sick around the world and gave relief to all of the oppressed and corrected every injustice, even claiming all of that and commonly calling that socially justice, still only through Christ, only as His disciple, cleansed by His blood, will we have standing before a just God in the end. Remember... In every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. Let's be standing as we sing.